morning, church family. Good to see everybody today. We want to invite you to join us as we worship God together. Come on, put your hands together. Let's lift his name up. He's worthy. We love you, God. We honor your name today. Come on, here we go. the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We shout out God who always makes a way Cause he hung up on that cross Then he rose up from the grave My God is still rolling stones away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord so good to be in the house of the Lord. I just want to say real quickly, welcome home. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome home. Welcome home. You guys can grab a seat and grab a seat. Uh, again, good morning. Welcome to Dothan First. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. And I just want to say briefly, there's something special that happens when the people of God join together in the presence of God. Amen. So with that being said, a uh, special welcome to our first time guests, whether you're in person, online, or maybe you're watching this at a later time. We just want to say welcome. Can we give it up for our first time guests this morning? So glad you're here. And we want to make you feel welcome. So if you're a guest, uh, we want you to uh, either do a few things. One, text D1TEXT to 84576 
or you can uh, scan the QR code on the screen or grab the connect card in the uh, seat pocket in front of you. We just want you to fill that out. We promise we're not going to call you, blow your phone up. We're not going to send a bunch of spam emails. We just want to connect with you because that's one of the many ways that we have as a tool to make you feel like you're a part of the family. So if you'll do that, you can hold on to that card until after service or you can drop it in one of the giving boxes on your way out or you can meet our amazing uh, pastors we have in our new guest reception. We want to invite you to do that. They just want to say welcome. They want to get to know you, see your face, give you a hug, and just welcome you to Dothan First. And so uh, there's a few other things that you can do on the D1 text. If you text D1 text, uh, you can tell us your story. You can take your next step in baptism. We want to encourage you to do that. We love celebrating new life, child dedication. But more, most importantly, we also want you during this uh, time of the fall, we want you to host a life group. Somebody say life group. Come on, say life group. We want you to host a life group because we believe that life change happens in life groups. And we want you to be able to foster that. So if you're an adult in the room, and we want you to, we want to encourage you. In fact, we challenge you. Better yet, we dare you to host a life group this season. That could be a, a, a golf one. As Pastor Mark says, I'm sure he'll show up to your life group. Uh, it could be one drinking coffee. Pastor Michelle will show up at that one. Uh, whatever it is, we want to encourage you guys to do those because we want you to use your home to foster the presence of God and help us see that life change in, the, in your homes. So please do that. You can also scan the QR codes in the lobby. Uh, we have plenty of things available coming up in this fall. Um, not only that, we also want you to sign up for Grow Track. Grow Track is happening today as soon as we end service in our cafe area. If you haven't gone through Grow Track yet, I just want to encourage you. As Pastor Mark says, it's not just a pathway to membership, it's a pathway to purpose and ministry. We want to invite you to serve and, serve and be a part of what God is doing here at Dothan First. So I, I challenge you, if you've been coming to the church for a while and you haven't taken that next step yet, we want to invite you to be a part of Grow Track because we love what God is doing here. Amen? Good deal. So we also want to encourage you to follow, follow us on any of our social media platforms. There's a variety of them on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Please follow us. Stay, stay up to date with everything that's going on up here. That's one of the ways that we communicate to all of our people. And just a quick plug, you can right now to uh, just extend our ministry output. You can share the service right now, even if you're sitting in the room, just to reach more people. So follow us on social media. But also, I want to encourage you to lean in today. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark is going to deliver a challenging word, and I just want to encourage you to take notes. The way we say it to our students on Wednesday nights is that uh, note takers are history makers. So I'll encourage you to uh, take notes on the YouVersion Bible app. There, there's ways on the screen for you to follow along, but I encourage you, save those as well, because there's, there's no better tool than we have than to be able to go back and reference God's word of the promises that he told us in moments. So we encourage you guys to take notes. It's just really important. There's also a feature in YouVersion where you can send those notes and share those notes to people that may not even be in the room. So I want to encourage you to do that. So we want to make God's word easy. And I just, I got a quick question for you. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? How many of you are blessed this morning? Well, we're going to continue our worship. Now is our time to give. And as you're getting ready to give, you're going to see up on the screen, there are five ways for you to give. But also during this time, every single week, we invite our elders, your elders, to go to their various stations of prayer because we do believe in healing. Somebody say healing. And we know that healing isn't just always physical. Sometimes it's emotional and mental. And so our elders are making themselves available. We're going to be on the main floor at the two exits on both sides and then someone in the balcony up on the, on the left side, your right. But I encourage you to take time during our time of worship to just go ask these men and women to pray with you, to believe with you for your healing, whether it's for your family, it's physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is. We believe that the prayers of a righteous man does much work, as the Bible says. So we're going to make that available to you. But I'm going to go ahead and invite you to stand back up on your feet as we get ready to pray over our time of giving and continue our worship. And if you have that gift with you, and you, even if you don't, if you're God's gift this morning, which you are, I just want you to go ahead and put your hands out this morning. We're going to go ahead and open our hearts to receive and, and, and create an atmosphere of worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your people. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for everybody in this room, Lord. As we get ready to engage back into worship, we just ask that you bless those givers. Father, right now we're already giving you our time, we're giving you our focus, we're giving you our attention, but bless our financial gifts, bless us, because your word says as we lift you up, you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, live in our praise this morning, be here with us, and we know that we're going to see life change happen. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
feel the fear come I won't run away even in violence your presence is enough when I feel the shaking I will stand my ground your presence is enough you are Father, you're for me. Oh, fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. Fear you'll never conquer me. I belong to When I feel the pressure, I won't run away, even in tension. Your presence is enough when I'm in a mystery. Oh, I will stand my ground, cause you are Lord, my God, you are enough. You are Yeah. 
that chorus one more time. You're with me. You are with me. Oh, Father, you for me. And fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I know I'm never alone. And I'm never abandoned. Fear you'll never conquer me. Because I belong to
God, we thank you, Lord, that you change everything, Father. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing that's too difficult. Nothing is impossible for our God. So come on, give him glory one more time. Just give him a round of applause. We love you, Lord. We praise your name today. Amen. You're worthy of all our praise, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated, and please turn your attention to the screen. Well, amen. Well, we didn't have sound on the video, so I just decided to come up and welcome you in person. How's everybody doing today? You doing good? Good, good, good. Well, I'll tell you, I'm so thankful for each and every one that's here today. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to our first time guests. Those that are here for the very first time, what an honor it is to be able to host you on this Labor Day weekend. Uh, you've been working so hard for this day, you know, so just enjoy it this whole weekend. And um, how many of you have tomorrow off? Put up your hands. You got tomorrow off. How many have special, something special you're going to do tomorrow because you have it off? A couple, how many are going to just laze around? That's, uh, yeah, you're tired of the laboring, you just want to rest, and that's great. Um, but I do want to say that today, as Pastor Will already mentioned, for our first-time guests that are here today, we would love to meet you personally. And as a matter of fact, let me just say this. Maybe you've been here for two or three or four weeks, but I've never had the chance to personally meet you or greet you. Uh, my wife Michelle and I are going to be back in our new guest reception area. So it's outside these doors and to the left. So if you'll make your way there after this service, we would just love to greet you. I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time, but we'll just have a little reception there ready for you. And then we'll get a chance to greet you personally. I also want to tag on to what Pastor Will said that those of you who have never been part of our Grow Track, we would be so honored to be able to have you with us where we can just dive deep into what God has for you and your purpose. Uh, the purpose for your life is one of the most important things that you can figure out. Before you die, figure out your purpose. Matter of fact, the earlier you can get there to know what it is, then you can begin to fulfill it. And after this time together, out in the foyer and turn to your right, that'll be our cafe. And right inside there, we're going to have Grow Track. You'll see the signs for Grow Track. You'll see the signs for guest reception. But I just want to make sure that that is personally available to each and every one of you. And I want to take a moment and give it up for those joining with us online. Can you give it up for all that are joining with us right now online? Some of them for the very first time. Welcome. We hope to meet and greet you personally at some point. And look, there's, it's great that we provide an outlet and a resource for those watching online. I know there's some that are homesick, others that are shut in and can't leave, others that are literally watching from one of the, our two hospitals here. And we're grateful to God for that connection. Uh, some that are watching from different parts of the world, and I thank God for that. But if you're in the area... Listen, there's nothing like being in the house of God. And those that are with me, say amen to that. Amen. Well, grab your copy of God's Word, and can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now turn to the person next to you and just give them a huge smile and say you look really good today. Give them some kind of a compliment. Let them know that they are loved in the house of God today. And you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3 if you would. Ephesians chapter 3. I mentioned it's Labor Day weekend and some people, they say, well, you know, I've been laboring all year long. So on Labor Day weekend, I'm going to take the weekend off and just stay home and not go to church, well, let me tell you something, you missed out on something very special because after this service, every single one of you are going to get an ice cream sandwich because God loves you with that kind of love and so does your pastor and I like ice cream sandwiches so I'm going to be sure to get one for myself and those that are saying, well, wait a minute, if I go to the guest reception, is it going to be like, you know, that's going to be all gone? No. 
they will have ice cream sandwiches in the guest reception for you. You say, well, wait a minute. I want to go to Grow Track, and I'm going to miss out on the ice cream sandwiches. Don't worry. We've got ice cream sandwiches in the Grow Track as well. And if you show up, we might give you two. I'm just saying, that might happen. It might happen. But no, we just want to have fun. I think the people of God should be the funnest people in all the world. Why? Because we have hope. And there was a word that came forth, before I jump into the message, there was a word that came forth during worship, and we believe in words from the Lord that are very specific and strategic. Sometimes they're prophetic words, sometimes they're words of exhortation. Here was this word that came forth, that if you are battling for hope, maybe you're struggling in hopelessness. Listen, you need to understand the God of the universe can take that situation that you think is absolutely impossible. He specializes in transforming and in an instant can change that thing around and give you, listen, a brand new perspective. Sometimes it's not necessarily that the situation needs to change. It's that our mentality about the situation needs to change, that we need to begin to have faith. And faith, listen, is the substance of things hoped for. Let me say that again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So just because you don't see it doesn't mean you shouldn't have faith for it because God says he can change it in an instant. So take that word to heart. That was a word for you today. Let's jump right into the message today. We've been talking about connecting to our creator and specifically today as we've gone through the last couple of weeks and this last month, we've been talking about connecting to God's presence. We've been talking about get, connecting to God's power, connecting to God's peace. Today, I wanna connect you to God's purpose. As a matter of fact, you might notice that there's a door behind me. I want you to open this door freely to God's purpose today. I want you to open the door of your heart on purpose to God. And the goal of this series, as you know, was to begin to shift your mindset from some of you had been feeling like a spiritual failure, uh, like you're not good enough, like you haven't done enough to please God, like you were trying so hard to do the Bible in one year. And by the way, I just want to shout out if I can, I was, I was very excited that I, I finished my Bible in one year just the, at the end of this week. And uh, I do that regularly, and I do encourage you to do that. You might have thought in the last three weeks when I was mentioning that, you thought, he doesn't like the Bible in one year. Because what I said was some of you, you start to read, and then you don't even pay attention to what you're reading, and you feel like you get a gold star in heaven because you checked off your boxes, and what I was trying to get you to understand is God's not trying to connect to your boxes. He's trying to get a hold of you and connect to you. And he wants his word to get inside of you. And so uh, to end out my time of the year-long uh, devotion and uh, the, the Bible reading in one year, I just decided to go ahead and start over right now here in September instead of waiting until January. And I'd encourage every one of you to follow along with me and go, go ahead and Pick your Bible reading plan. We've got the check boxes, if you like those, out in the foyer. But we also have the YouVersion app of the Bible, which gives you all kinds of Bible reading plans. Listen, friends, I don't want you to just get into the Word to read it so you can be done with it. I want you to read the Holy Word of God so it gets inside of you. That thy word have I hidden in my heart so I will not sin against him. There's something strategic that's in his Word that's specific for you. And so what I was trying to move you from was this performance-based Christianity into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Like the Pharisees who knew the word but missed the word. <laughs> and I just don't want us to live this Pharisaical faith. It's an invitation to connect. And many of you took advantage of the YouTube channel that we have where uh, many of you every morning or most mornings woke up and listened to that 30 minutes of worship with Dothan First that we put on our channel, uh, 30 minutes of our worship team just leading you into the presence of God. And it's been transformational in my life. I pray that it has been for you as well. We want you to make a connection. And if you haven't yet, you can scan the QR code and, and find that uh, a blessing to you or go out in the foyer. We've got the, that QR code out there as well. Listen, what I've been trying to do is give you practical outlets 
practical ways to connect to your creator and to remind you that the God of the universe does not want a distant relationship with you. He wants something up close, intimate, and personal. And last week, we talked about the brief encounters that Jesus had. I mean, it was like quick moments with people, and they were transformed. And I read to you just few passages. I think it was uh, Matthew 8 and Matthew 9, where just time after time, Jesus met with someone, they were changed, and then he moved on. Time and time and time again, and and that's what the Lord is trying to remind you, is you can have not just a one-hour time with the Lord early in the morning and then go throughout the day and forget he was ever there. You can connect with him every moment of every second of every single day. And what I gave you was some trigger points, memory triggers. This is the Old Testament used it uh, like this. God used it in the Old Testament by feasts and memorials, and we talked about that, the significance of those memorials and those feasts that were to try to bring them back to remember God's goodness, right? Like the Passover celebration, it was a reminder of the deliverance, God's deliverance of his people. And and there were all kinds of those trigger points, and we have personal triggers. I mentioned that last week, that every one of you hopefully have identified some triggers where you say, "I, I remember God's goodness in this moment. And that daily you can have that recollection of his goodness and his power and his presence. And they don't have to be all surrounding big moments. We often think we got to have the big moment with God. And God's wanting to be there in every little moment with you. Think about this when they, the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? He gave them like 66 words. It, it takes like 20 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer. So much depth in such a short connection with God. And so what I was trying to get you to see is to to remember God's goodness every second of every day. And and some people relegate the idea, they they, they get this understanding that, that God's presence is only here like on Sunday mornings, like it resides in this building. And yes, we have worship music that goes on 24 hours a day, seven days a week in this building. Uh, certainly, we want people to know and sense the presence of God, that when you walk into this place, you feel the presence of God. But can I just tell you, when you leave this place, He's still with you. His presence goes with you to work. It goes with you to the restaurant in the, uh, uh, the afternoons or in the evenings. He, he goes with you to your home. He goes with you in your car. He's with you when you're doing your hobby or whatever you're going to do tomorrow, going out on the lake or going to the beach or whatever you choose to do. He's even with you when you're at an Alabama or an Auburn football game. I mean, tell, tell me somebody he's with us. He's been with us for a long time here in Alabama. But anyway, I'm just saying that's a whole nother story. Today, I want to get you connected to God's purpose. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 has been kind of the theme verse. Here it is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. What he's saying is, you can't just explain it. You've got to experience it. Sometimes we try to explain God to other people when what we're really meaning for them to do is experience the love of God. Because that's the only way you can truly know the love of Christ goes on to say, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness. Everybody say fullness. The fullness of life and power that comes from God. This means completely filled, flooded with God's presence. And some of you might say, hey, pastor, over the last month, I've loved this. This has been so good. It's been refreshing. It's been encouraging. And after church, I'm so pumped up. I'm so excited. I'm saying amen to you and amen to the worship. And it's just been so good. And then... I go home, and I get hit in the face with the realities of life, and what I was so pumped up and excited about, it's like all the air goes out, right? We come in the church, and we sit, and we listen, and we say, 
praise God, that's wonderful, right? But then tomorrow we wake up in the real world and we're stressed out about our kids, we're stressed out about our finances, we're stressed out about our jobs, we're stressed out about our marriages, we're stressed out about the bills that are coming due, we're stressed out about the economy, we're stressed out about the government, we're stressed out about the wars and rumors of war, we're just flat stressed out. And then, then bad as that is, then we, we realize we got a to-do list and the to-do list is huge, it's more than we could fulfill in an entire day and then we open up our phone and we see we have 30 texts we're supposed to answer and this is before we even get out of bed we feel like this right before we even hit the ground running we start to feel this way anybody honest enough and transparent enough to say that you that's been your life at at points at times come on two of you praise God okay we're gonna keep moving (laughs) I so want to help you with this Because if we're going to find connection to our creator, he's going to showcase our purpose. He's going to explain to us what our purpose is. But listen, we got to start trusting God's unlimited power that's available to us. Here it is, Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord, mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. How many believe God can do anything? Yeah, he can do anything. Listen, friends, I believe in his word. I believe in his power. I believe in his, that God is omnipotent, that he is all-powerful, that he holds the world in his hands, that he flung the stars into, the spa- into space, right? He, he, he holds the moon in its axis and the earth in its axis. He, he, he spins us around the sun. He, he created the Milky Way, the galaxies. He created all things in nature and outside of time he lives. And yet, he desires to have an intimate, connected relationship with each and every one of us. Right? Even though there's like Almost 8 billion people on the planet. He wants to have a single, individual relationship with us. And you might say, well, I believe that God is capable, right? He's capable of doing things. The problem is we don't always live like we believe that. We live sometimes like we think we're more capable than him. And here's how it sometimes goes for us. You might say something like this. Well, I believe that God has the power to transform my life, but... I usually try to change myself through my own willpower and read a bunch of self-help books, right? I believe God wants to forgive and restore me, but I usually listen to God's enemy, the devil, who tells me I'm a spiritual failure when I don't measure up. I believe God's grace can wipe out my guilt, but I tend to then pick up and carry my own guilt. I believe God can comfort me in times of trouble, but I usually try to deal with it myself, I believe God's provision is enough for me, but if I'm really honest, I usually get impatient when God doesn't deliver on my time schedule. I I believe in God's direction and God's purpose for my life, but I usually go my own way, and if I'm truthful, I like my own way better. I bet you can relate. There's this disconnect between what we believe and how we really live. And, and that's why this door is here. It's, it's, it's a physical representation of a spiritual metaphor. It's a picture of God's presence. Behind this door is, is God's, God's spirit. It, it resides behind this door. And, and oftentimes when we think of the idea of God taking residence in us, that we are the spiritual house of the Lord, right? We house His Spirit. Oftentimes what we miss is the moments that God is trying to knock at the door of our heart, to have entrance into, listen, into every area, not just a few areas. Revelation chapter 3, let's look at it together. Revelation chapter 3, and I want to read to you verse 20. Here's what it says. Here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I'll come in. Listen, and it doesn't just say I'll come in and tell you what to do. Or I'll come in and you must worship me. He says literally, I'll come in and we'll share a meal together. Look at this. As what? As friends. 
I, I want you to get this illustration. I want you to get this picture. This is the picture of Jesus, and he's, he's knocking, and the Bible even goes so far as to say he's calling your name. Hey, Mark, Mark, hey, are you in there? And he, he, what he's wanting is to get my attention. To let me know that he'd like to have a connected, intimate, close relationship with, with me. Have a, a moment. And I love the image here, the idea of sharing a meal. Because that may not seem like a big deal to you, but it is an incredible metaphor. Because in ancient times, the idea of sharing a meal symbolized unity. They would often cut covenant around a meal. That's why in the New Testament, they would meet from house to house, which is why we're doing life group. Why? Because it's a creation of relationship. It's a closeness. It's an intimate connection. It's a place where you can find relationship with one another around the joy of Jesus. And it symbolized this loving connection, this fellowship, the idea that Jesus wanted to dine with us, gave deep connection not like an acquaintance, like, not like somebody that drives by and, you know, leaves a flyer at your front door and not, they, they knock and if they don't hear you, they, they just keep on moving. It, this, is, this is so much deeper than a quick acquaintance. The God of the universe wants into your life and wants intimacy. Think about the word intimacy, into me see. You're just giving him access to the door of your life to say, God, search my heart, see if there's any wicked way in me. Try me. Know my every thought. This is the God of the universe that wants connection with you. And the audience that he was speaking to specifically in Revelation chapter 30, or, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 rather, this verse is, he's talking to a church in Laodicea. And they were a church, listen, that had everything but felt like they had need of nothing. They were di disconnected from God's spirit. They lived, listen, like they didn't need God. How many of you have ever uh, had a moment where you heard something at a door? Maybe it was your kids. You parents understand this. Your kids are on the other side of the door, and they've got the door closed, which already you're like, nah, something's going on, right? Door is closed. Something's going on here. And you parents have actually put your ear up to that door, right? Like listening in, like what is going on? And if it's really quiet, you're like, no, nah, something is about to go down. Somebody's gonna end up in the emergency room after this, I just know it, right? Listen, friends, you don't even have to put your ear up to the door. Jesus has his ear up to the door, listening for how you talk about him. He's got his ear to the door. He loves you with such an everlasting love. And, and friends, when we think of a door, we often, I think of uh, a protection to protect our homes, right? We got these heavy-duty doors, and we've got these locks, and we've got these deadbolts. And if you're like my wife, when I'm out of town, she takes a chair and wedges it up underneath that door to make sure that it is secure, why? To keep others out. And when I see a door like this, I think of frames and hinges and doorknobs. But when God speaks of doors, he speaks of access to other dimensions. That when you open the door of your life to God, you're not just opening some door with hinges so you can sit and chill. No, you're opening up the door to the mystery and the wonder and the goodness of God. That's why in the book of Exodus, uh, to spare his own people from the death angel, he chose to take the blood of an innocent an animal and they would what? Splatter it on the, the doorposts. Why? Because it was access, it was entrance. It represented the access of God's presence where the death angel could not show up. And friends, God's spirit works best when the door is wide open. That's when we get comfort. That's when we get guidance. That's when we get direction. That's when we find wisdom that only comes from God. The problem is, listen, we limit God. You say, how, do, how is a person, a human being, going to limit the all-powerful God? 
It's that we take position as doorman and doorwoman. We lock the door. We open it when we want. We give him access for a little while. Come on in, God. I got a problem. I got a need. I got an issue. I got a crisis. My kid's going off the rails. The 401k is tanking. God, I need your help. (laughs) And then, like a doorman or a doorwoman, when it comes to our daily walk, like, ah, I'm just going to keep that door shut if you don't mind. Right? Wide open in the big crisis moments, but then we shut the door. You say, well, why doesn't God just kick the door down? Why? Because it's not in his nature. It's not in his character to force his way in. And I think that is a good question. Why doesn't God just supernaturally kick the door down of our lives? But he does not and will not force himself in. Why? Because God wants us to love him, and and love is a choice. And sometimes we shut the door to God in these everyday areas. You're like, okay, God, it's Sunday. I'm opening up the door. Do what you want. Have your way. I hope it's a good message. I hope he preaches good. I hope he preaches short. I heard there's ice cream sandwiches. (laughs) I need to hurry up and make it to grow track because I want to get out by noon. Right? I'm opening up the door. It's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. And I'm opening the door to God and his goodness and his mercy. And then tomorrow or Tuesday, if you don't have to work tomorrow. Hey, it's business time, God. I like my own business ethics. I, uh, I like the way I do business. <laughs> it's a little unscrupulous, but I get the job done and I make a little more money than you can make me if I open the door to you during business hours. Right? It's dog eat dog out there, God. You just don't understand the, the business climate that I'm in. We opened the door. It, it was, Pastor Will shared a message and it, it was about sharing your faith. And you say, God, I don't want to hold back on sharing my faith with others. People need to know the love of Jesus Christ. I just, oh, Lord, show me, just open my eyes to these moments that I might be able to see through your eyes these individuals that need you. Not that person, Lord. It can't be my neighbor because he lets his bushes grow up over my fence line. God, you can't be saying his name. You can't be saying her name. Do you know what she said about me on social media? God, you can't be telling me that I'm supposed to witness to that person. That is a guy at my work that I don't like. He said he's an atheist, God. Aren't the atheists the one that need God the most? Come on, somebody. God, I want to get married. Lord, I want to get married. Oh, I open the door. Oh, Lord, just bring me just a a godly person, just bring me a godly spouse. If you will just, I give you access to bring me the right person. Well, I got a hot date tonight and uh, (laughs) I want to score if you know what I mean. So I'm just going to keep this door shut and locked tonight. Come on. I'm preaching a lot better than you're letting on right now. God, I need a job. The economy. Oh, God, I've got to bless my socks off with a good job and benefits. Lord, I pray you give me divine favor. Put my resume at the top of the stacks, top of the heaps. I'm your child. Do what you will. Give me a great job with benefits. Oh, you want me to, like, have my finances in order too, God? I mean, come on. Seriously, tithing and giving, trusting you with the first 10%. I mean, come on, God, really? This is money that I earned, even though that you gave me the job. Now I'm my own provider because you're not my provision. See, it's easy to trust God with the door open when you have no, it feels like you've done everything else, right? 
it's kind of like not even faith. It's just kind of giving up. I guess all we can do is pray. What? All we can do is talk to the God of the universe that's knocking at the door that wants to dine with us and have great relationship and do miracles and perform the great things that we think are impossible and you say that that's all we can do? Like that's the worst thing in the world? Friends, that's the best thing in the world. We get to pray. We get to talk to God. When I'm in crisis, the door goes open. When I get into a relationship, it's easier to talk on the phone to my friends about it than it is to talk to God about it. You say, wait, I don't do that, Mark. Well, maybe not deliberately. But where are we shutting the door? Where are we shutting the door? Where are we playing doorman or doorwoman with the God of the universe? Because the truth is, listen... If you've never really opened the door fully to God, to every area, if you've never responded to the knocking of Jesus Christ on the door of your life in every area, friends, you don't understand how rewarding and how freeing having that door wide open is. When you open the door, what you're really saying is, God, I trust that your way is better than my way. Friends, I want so badly for God to show you your purpose. But to get that purpose, God needs access. Access to every single area of your lives. 2 Corinthians 13 says it like this in verse 4. Although Jesus died on the cross in weakness, he now lives by the mighty power of God. Listen, here it is for us. We too are weak, but we live in him And then we have God's what? Even when you're weak, he's made strong in your weakness. Worship team, would you come as we prepare to close out? Friends, it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that now can dwell inside of you. The same spirit that got Jesus out of the tomb. The same power that worked in Jesus when he touched lives and they were totally changed and transformed now resides in you. And I'm begging you, stop playing doorman with God. Friends, it's time to keep the door wide open. It's time to give him full access. It's time to say, God, have your way. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but what? Yours be done yours be done. God wants us to fire ourselves as doorman and surrender to him. He doesn't want to share the job of being God with you. Matter of fact, if you've read this before, it's in the Ten Commandments, and it's not even hidden like in, you know, number seven, number eight, or number nine. It's right here in the beginning. Exodus chapter 20, verse two says it like this. Do not worship any other gods besides me. Don't make an idol of any kind, of any kind. Everybody say any kind. That means even ourselves, our own will. Whether in the shape of birds or animals or fish, you must never worship or bow down to them. Listen, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not share your affection with any other God. Friends, if you want the richest blessings in your life, you gotta give him everything. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if that's busyness, give him your busyness. I don't know if it's a hidden sin. I don't know if it's a hidden agenda in your life. I don't know if it's a family relationship, if it's an anger issue, if it's pornography, if it's an unhealthy uh, situation or relationship that you've let get out of control. I don't know what that thing is inside of you that, but I can tell you this, whatever it is that is defeating you, whatever it is that is distracting you, whatever it is that's detouring you, Whatever area you, you, you tend to shut the door of your heart or your life to God and shutting him out, that, that is the thing you need to give to God. Say, Mark, how do I give it to God? How do I do that? What do I do? Well, you have to have something called an open door policy. You know what an open door policy is? That the door just remains open. That no matter what happens in your life, into me see he's waiting patiently he's knocking at the door he's calling your name 
And I don't know what your situation is and I don't know what it is, the issue, that sin that so easily entangles you, but I promise you there's not a person in this room doesn't know, that doesn't know what their that sin is because every one of us has a struggle in some point. We all fall short of the glory of God. And that glorious standard that God holds up, he doesn't change the standard regardless of the person. He's no respecter of persons, but what he is, he's a respecter of his principle. And what he says is when we fall beneath that glorious standard, that purpose, that he will raise us up. He'll make the difference, but we must confess our sins. The Bible says you confess your sin. He's faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. He is just. He'll forgive your sins. He'll cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. He'll give you a fresh start like you've never known before. He'll unlock doors that have been shut for years. He'll carry the guilt and the shame. Therefore, there is now no no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He'll, He'll lift that off of you. You don't have to live under that burden anymore. He wants to set you free. And when we admit freely that there's an issue, that we've been shutting God out in that particular area, then after that freedom comes, the next thing we need to do is get accountable. To come alongside other people who will help us, who will walk with us, who will pray with us, who will encourage us, who will challenge and support us and and pray with us when we need that. And that's why we have life groups. Friends, it is God's desire to bless you. And when I talk about blessings, listen, I'm not talking about, you know, a feeling, a good feeling. I'm talking about the security that allows you to be who God created you to be, to have the peace and the confidence that only God can bring, the power to begin to make right choices because you're basing your choices on God's word. The joy that's indescribable that comes when you begin to fulfill God's purpose and his plan. Friends, let's get the door wide open. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says it like this, as the spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him and we reflect his glory. Listen, God doesn't want you to just have the door cracked open just a little bit. And this is the sad reality for so many Christians is that we found ourselves as believers thinking with the door cracked open, this is all there is. It don't get no better than this. And the door is barely cracked open. And it's such a sad way to live as a believer because it stagnates our growth. Jesus said, if, if, you, let, if you let me come in, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to take away your fun. As a matter of fact, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to set you free, friends. And my question today is, are you ready to open the door? Here's where you find his purpose. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 10. This is what Jesus said. This is why Jesus came to this earth. He said, my purpose, everybody say my purpose, is to give life. To give you life. And not just life that you just get by, but life to its fullness. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a moment? Lord Jesus, in this room, I know that there are some, maybe many, who've kept that door shut for too long or just cracked it just a little bit. But God, it's time for you to blow blow the doors off with blessing. We thank you that your love is unconditional. God, I thank you that your love isn't based on what I do, but it's based on who you are. And Lord, I pray for those of us in here who... God have have loved the job of being doorman or doorwoman and by doing it they're limiting your power forgive us and help us to resign resign from that position and start today if you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed as I said that may be you in this room you say Mark I've got some things I got to work out Well, no, friend, you don't have to work it out. You and God have to work it out. And only God can set you free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You can be fully and totally free today. On this Labor Day, you can stop laboring in your relationship with God and start trusting in that relationship with God. And if that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this isn't a time to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. 
but I simply want to invite you into the relationship that can truly set you free. If that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to do this simple thing. I'm going to invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Come on. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you, sir. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? That's you today. Come on, that's you. Anybody else? Yeah. In the balcony, on the main floor, if that's you today, he's here to set you free. For some of you, this may be a rededication prayer. You say, Mark, I'm a Christian, but I've been walking away from the things of God. I've not given him every area of my life. Maybe there's some hidden agendas and hidden areas. If that's you, don't leave with the hidden areas undealt with. Let God set you free. That's you right now. Come on, put up your hands. If that's you, yes, yes, all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? That's you today. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to lead you in this prayer. I'd like all of us to pray this prayer, but especially you who lifted your hands and those watching online, you can pray this prayer before God right now. Everybody in the room, say it out loud with me. Can you say this? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit as I open up the door of my heart to you in Jesus name amen amen how many are thankful that God's good he's blessed you with favor come on we cherish these moments I'm going to invite you to do this would you take out these communion elements and ushers if you make your way toward the front and then work your way back there may be some who did not receive these communion elements on the way in. If you did not, could you just kind of wave at the ushers as they go by? They're going to make sure that you get this. And as you do, uh, as they walk past, just make sure you flag them down. They'll be uh, glad to give you this. But listen, why don't you right now go ahead and peel back the very top that has the bread. It reveals the bread. This was the most, one of the most famous trigger points of memory to remember God's goodness. It's called communion. 1 Corinthians 11 says it like this, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the bread is a trigger for Christ's body. It reminds us that his body was broken for us. And as we take this bread, Let's do this in remembrance of the price that was paid for us. Let's receive this bread by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you flip that over and peel back the top to reveal the juice, the juice is in remembrance of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a trigger point for the memory of the price that he paid for my sin and for yours. It was a dear price. He paid every, with every drop of blood, he paid for our sins, the sins that we have ever committed and will ever commit. So Lord, with this juice, we recognize your blood and we receive this by faith today in Jesus' name. Let's receive this by faith. Now, come on, would you stand up and begin to worship the King? Come on, worship team, lead us right now into the presence of God. Come on, lift your hands and begin to thank Him for His goodness, His mercy, His power, His forgiveness. Come on.
presence. What I'm going to do is I'm going to dismiss some of our leadership team and some of our greeters to head out into the foyer to greet you and to prepare those sandwiches, ice cream sandwiches for you. In a moment, I'm going to release you with a blessing. But before I do, I want to let you know if you made that commitment, that decision, maybe it was a first time decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I want to let you know we want to help you in your journey of faith. If you'll take out your smartphone and simply text D1Walk to the number 84576 or just fill out a connection card and let us know about that decision and then turn it in in the giving boxes on your way out today. Well, listen, as I said before, first time guests or those who we haven't had a chance to personally greet outside in the foyer and to the left is our guest reception room outside in the foyer and to your right is going to be our grow track if you want to be involved and connected to your purpose in a deeper dimension we're going to try to get you out by lunchtime so please if you would make your way to those areas in just a few moments let me release you with a blessing may the lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week, and we will see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.